0: Today's episode is about grief, and if I'm being honest, I'm not really ready to record it, because I don't know if I'm ever ready to be this honest, especially with a group of people who are far, far away as COVID will have it, but if there's anything I I know and I'm learning is that vulnerability is really the pathway to strength. I really do think that being seen is what lifts us up, and I think it's how light gets in is by allowing ourselves to be seen so if there's anything that i love to do is leading by example or to paraphrase being called out by the spirit. so so let's go um i forgive the sniffles <coughs> real human girl living and existing so today i wanted to talk about this past few um, this past season man and what it's been like for me Psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and trying to encapsulate that into words. And almost like making a voice note journal for myself. Because these podcast episodes are so sweet. And I know looking back in the next couple of years, I'm going to be so proud of the work and the vulnerability and the openness that I was able to have. So here goes. At the beginning of um, 2020, I lived in Brooklyn. I worked in Manhattan and I was an accountant for a big corporation. I specifically worked in the tax tax department. So I was a tax associate helping individuals and in trust file returns, sometimes trust and um, estates or gift tax returns for the individuals or, you know, also dabbled in working on 1099s which I actually enjoyed. Uh, little, little, little things like that. So after doing that for about two years, I realized it wasn't for me, it was very taxing, no pun intended, but absolutely welcomed taxing job, in the sense that you were expected to work weekends on a busy season, you worked sometimes 10 hours, or you just literally it was like sun, sunrise to sundown, you just keep going. and. The lack of social interaction just wasn't me. It wasn't for me. I felt like I was, like, what's the word, wilting? Like, wait flowers wilting. I was dying inside. It just was not who I wanted to become. I was definitely like forsaking hanging out with my friends. I just was not doing me things. I was so tired and sad and depressed. And this is during the pandemic. Yo, when I lived in a tiny apartment in New York, and I worked from my room. So then you can imagine sitting in front of a screen with a tiny bed and just like trying to go on walks to breathe, and there's just a lot. So one week, I was asked to be on a panel for this art show, beautiful, magical thing, where they just wanted to learn about my process. And the panelist was so respectful. She was so kind, and she was so engaging. And I remember her just being like, "She's British." And she was like, Loli's an all-round superstar." And she was just like asking me all these questions about my work, and it was just so fulfilling and enlivening. And one of the other panelists was this guy called Art of Mare, and like that's his art name. And one of his pieces was literally like the PC show during this panel session was an accountant with a huge afro in a cubicle that she was too big for in the sense of like her style her greatness like she was just bigger than the environment she was around and in that drawing there were like three books there was a book labeled bible a book labeled yoruba which that's my tribe in nigeria and um i think like the quran or some yeah i think there were like three at least three books and the painting the girl had an afro And during that panel session i did have an afro and i was literally in the office which i didn't do often because it was a pandemic so i was only there like maybe four times that year so it's it's wild that the day that we were having that like panel discussion was the day i was in the office so i was spooked i was like oh my goodness like laughing like bro that's literally me you drew me so okay pocketed the notes because I always take mental notes right sometimes I will not make actions or conclusive decisions in the moment Any time to think so I was like amassing all this data gathering evidence like all right and then I had a meeting with someone in my office that day and I can't remember the time I know that was before or after but I remember that meeting being condescending and it was wild being spoken to like I had no intelligence and like I didn't know what I was doing. So then after that meeting, I kind of paused and compared the two events. I was like, there's this art event where I'm being spoken to like I'm the champion of the world. And there's another thing where I'm being spoken to like I have no intelligence. And I was just like, I don't think this is it. I don't think this job is it. So then I went and I think another coworker had just quit. So it was like all these little things that were adding up and then... I went home and I thought about it and then I sent an email that weekend and I was like, hey, thank you so much. But I got to go. That was like the informal version. Everybody was so chill about it. They were like, great, good luck, have a good one. I was just like, can you imagine being so stressed about a decision that needed to happen? But I think that's the thing with people pleasing. When you're so concerned about what other people think, it's like you don't realize that what is good for you, and meant for you, is, it's gonna happen anyways, like it should happen. Um, yeah, so I sent that email, I literally danced, cause I was like, I feel so free. I think it's that I spent so long trying to make the job work, trying to fit in, trying to stop feeling like an outcast, trying to make people interested in me as a person, like it was just, it just was not the right fit. So then I quit and then I moved to Portland a week after literally, I think my flight was May 31st and I quit May 21st. So it's like a 10-day gap. So imagine, like, clearing out an apartment, moving. I mean, now we're telling this story, my life sounds very climactic and dramatic, and hopefully that isn't always the case. But, yeah. So, I arrived in Portland, um, I stayed with a friend for about 12 days, trying to figure out what the heck am I doing, I know I don't, I don't want to get a job, but I also know like I've saved enough money, but also needing to get approved on your savings and retirement income, it was just weird and stressful. So Yinka, and I end, Yinka, my sister and I ended up uh, deciding to live together for a few months. So during this few months, I just like slept, unwound, danced, tried to rediscover myself again, played soccer, went to hangouts, literally just created space to be human. So I did this for about like seven months, literally (laughs) completing projects. I was working on a magazine at that time called Free Magazine. And during that time of pausing, I actually got the freedom to finish. Which is awesome. So having like an online version of my magazine was fantastic. Um, also cried a lot and processed a lot and went on a lot of walks and was confused a lot. and was happy a lot. Was hungry enough. Was like fulfilled. It was like a roller coaster. It was a very human, human couple of months. Um, and then towards the end of those like seven, eight months, I started to get anxious. So I was like, okay, my finances are running out. I kind of need a job. What am I going to do? So I was like scrambling and anxiously applying for jobs. And I remember my sister telling me that she thinks the city we're in is relational. So then I should think of like reaching out to my friends or people that I know. And I was like, all right, bet. Like, (laughs) let me put my resources. Let me see what I can do. So then a friend ended up reaching out to me with a job opportunity and I applied And like three different friends were like, I'll put in a word for you. I ended up getting the job, which is amazing. (laughs) So then I started in December and I've been there for two months. And I will confidently say it's the healthiest work environment that I've ever worked in. Before I moved to Portland, I wasn't entirely sure what I was moving to. I knew I needed to move forward and leave, but it was almost like close your eyes and I see nothing, but I know I'm supposed to take the next step. But it was such a good decision for my soul, honestly. Like, I'm constantly around the forest. I'm around, like, just good people. And there's more relational depth, I feel. And I feel like I'm going the distance with these people. I'm ready to go the distance. And a lot of these friendships definitely feel like rekindling old flames or, like, new beginnings. But I think that's part of the discomfort of moving somewhere new. It's not being afraid to try again. And I think for a while I was, like, closed up because of old hurts or redefining myself by other people's, like, pain or worries in the past but realizing, like, this is a new story and I want to write a new story. So this is me trying it again, you know, friendships, being open and also just making room for awkward, beautiful, regular moments like sitting, um, sitting outside and recording this podcast in my new neighborhood. Things like that. So, yeah, so ended up... Yes, getting the job been working there for about two and a half months now, realizing I was on a productivity kick where I thought I was only valuable if I was productive because the industry I worked in before was very much productivity minded and it was literally like that was was why you were there, so working in a company that values me above the work I produce is a fantastic spin because I can slow down and look at my life and ask myself, what do I even want or just even giving myself the space to be with myself because i think a lot of times when you're running you don't realize you're missing yourself it's like you're running past the person in the mirror so it's like i'm finally slowing down to look at myself and finding this person is beautiful and i want to get to know her i want to get to love on her so it's been a transformative experience for me moving cities changing industries And that career change was scary i mean i got a degree in accounting it's like this uber serious impressive whatever that just was not for me and i remember telling my therapist in new york i told her i said i feel like i'm living somebody else's dream like it's just not mine like it's a beautiful beautiful thing but it's just it's not working for my psyche it's not working for how it was made so then finally quitting and dancing that away was just a wonderful wonderful experience So living in Portland, here are some of the changes that have happened. So I moved into a new apartment in July of 2021. Um. One of my mom's sister passed away in 2021 as well to cancer. Um, My sister got married in February of 2022. I moved into a new space in February 2022, new neighborhood, new roommates that I met through a friend. So it's been a lot of changes, honestly. And I don't know that I've even had the time to process the changes, to be honest, because sometimes because I'm really good at going I can convince myself that that's the right thing to do you know things need to be done and emotions need to be swept away and you don't realize how harmful that is until one day you're just crying for what seems to you to be no reason but your body is literally telling you we've needed to stop for a while even this podcast episode I was just gonna resurface an old podcast I did with a friend on his podcast but decided to be still last night and it just came so fresh i'm just wondering how many more sweet beautiful moments will come from stillness you know from not running from embracing like in this moment being a little ill and recording anyway because you get to meet me my humanness no forming no pretending just me being me which is enough um so yeah it's been a lot this past few years i i believe this next season is about reorienting and adapting in the kindest and most compassionate way possible. I'm reorienting my year around rest, whatever that looks like. And specifically, I think it means pausing to reflect on the goodness in my own story. I think for a long time, I've been running and looking for more and saying, what's next? What's this next big thing and the next big project? But I'm just like... What if I'm just supposed to look again and enjoy Him? Like, look at Him, enjoy my own story, enjoy who I was created to be, maybe read that book I've had for years, maybe stay home more often, maybe relax and sleep in Him, and eat good food and cook and laugh in my home and make new friends and deepen friendships. And maybe it doesn't have to be this big chaotic thing, but it can be this slow, beautiful human moments that will come together and form my life story, you know. I'm willing to try again. <laughs> if there's anything my story says that I'm not afraid of failure, even though my body says different. <laughs> um, is that I'm willing to risk it and try again. So here's to a new chapter of starting again, of trying again, of falling again, of failing again, and being open to the risk, or still taking the risk, you know. Because I think there's space for it all in my humanity the divinity, the humanness, the fumbling, the messiness, the icky, sicky, sick person <laughs> who will get better eventually. Yeah, so I thought I'd um, write or speak on grief. And this is my process of like grappling with loss and creating room for new experiences and allowing myself to be honest enough about where things are and letting that be okay. No more self-deceit, no more running, no more trying to conjure up emotions for people, trying to be something I'm not. Enough is enough and I'm learning that I'm enough. So that's where you're meeting me today, February um, 9th, I believe. It could be 10th, I don't know, these days. It's all good. Anyways, as always, sending you love in your process. I guess I'm saying give yourself permission to grieve. It's not a linear process and whatever that looks like. Take your time because I think what you need is compassion and kindness because I realize that's what I need too and when I'm most honest I realize those emotions are universal so I'm gonna sign out now and I'm sending you all my love